Welcome to another episode of the Big MX Radio Podcast. Thanks everybody for listening. I really appreciate it and I absolutely love doing podcasts, especially ones like this. When you can have uh, an individual like Spencer Owens on the podcast, he's a fantastic photographer and just an overall great person. Somebody who I really connect with over uh, our love of the sport and just how passionate we are about it and uh, just how um, much we take part in our work. And I think that's really uh, resonates with me when I'm dealing with uh, someone like Spencer is that uh, they really take pride in their work because he just loves the sport. And um, if you ever get like a cover shot or uh, have his photos um, featured, it never gets old for him. And I think that's really, really important and something that we can uh, uh, always kind of value and kind of look back at. So I kind of keep that, that, uh, that magic of day one never seems to uh, waver with him. So I really hope you uh, guys enjoy this podcast. Uh, I really enjoyed recording it. Uh, Spencer and I had an absolutely fantastic conversation. Uh, I really enjoyed chatting with him. Um, as always, really appreciate you guys. Really appreciate you guys listening. Uh, please support all the sponsors: Medterra, Maxima, uh, as well as Phoenix uh, Handlebars. And uh, I think that list is going to be growing in a little bit here. But uh, thanks everybody for listening. And uh, without further ado, here's Spencer Owens. Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast, brought to you by Medterra CBD. You can go to medterracbd.com and enter discount code BIGMXRADIO20 to save 20% off every single one of your orders. And of course, it's Black Friday weekend. Uh, people think it'll, pretty much everything will be on sale on all websites, uh, the World Wide Web Wide. Uh, that was a weird way of saying that. Um, for like about a month now, uh, but go to Medterra CBD, uh, mental health, wellness, uh, inflammation, pain relief, you name it, uh, tons of be- benefits from Medterra CBD. Go there, use Big MX Radio 20 upon checkout to save 20% off every single one of your purchases. And that is a code you can use around the calendar, and I would appreciate if you did. This podcast is also brought to you by Phoenix Handlebars, that's a new sponsor for us. Of course, uh, they were on just our last podcast, so you know that I work pretty fast on, on the on the on the advertising side. Um, we don't have a discount code with those guys just yet, but I imagine we probably will get get one. They are doing, I believe, twenty percent, twenty five percent off all purchases right now on their site. So go check that out, Phoenix Handlebars. We thank Jason Gerald for that. I am your host, Brad Gebhart. With me on the line, the one of the best photographers that I know down in the 951 area code. And I myself was, was, uh, was lucky enough to at one point have a 951 area code. That is, uh, if, if you see a 951 number come up, you know, it's someone down in from California, someone who's dedicated to motocross, someone who probably, uh, gets a lot of mud on his boots and doesn't mind doing the job doing so. And this guy might be one of the most talented photographers I've come across in the sport. Spencer Owens, how's it going? I'm doing. How about yourself? Hey, not doing too bad, man. Uh, aside from thanks, uh, the thanks fact, thanks so much for having me on, dude. Hey, anytime, anytime. And I, I this is this is the first time that you've been on the show, uh, but I believe you will be a repeat offender after at the end of this, unless at some point uh, I offend you or, or something goes <laughs> completely awry where you just end up hanging up the phone. Unless that happens, I, I, I expect that we'll we'll, we'll have uh, a great conversation and, and many more to come. Awesome. So uh, I'm really stoked to have you on the show, man. 
you and I, our history goes back about three years, almost to the day, basically like two years and 11 months uh, later. Uh, we we meet, we're at Anaheim 1, press day. Uh, of course, this is the year where uh, uh, Kenny walks in with the suit. Super cool. I remember walking in to the press conference area and taking my seat next to Jason Wygant. And he looks at me like, who the fuck is this kid and uh when we met later on that day and um you were taking photos you probably looked at my like my canon d20 digital slr and we're like wow that's a really really old camera but cool um but um spin the clocks back for me a little bit um like you can kind of go over us meeting a little bit as well as uh your emergence into uh taking photos and then eventually doing it uh basically full time said uh, we definitely go back a few years um i was working for i believe mxa at the time it was their a a1 press conference and um honestly i didn't even see your camera but i guess all, all i have to say sorry i talk a little fast but okay. all i have to say is you got to start somewhere um i started off on a t600i or something like that from canon that i bought for like 120 bucks off amazon honestly Amazing. Um, but yeah shooting shooting supercross is by far by far one of my favorite things and something I, I look forward to every year as a, as a longtime fan. Uh, my dad introduced me to the sport at a, at a young age. And the one race that really sticks out to me was uh, probably Pontiac Supercross. I don't know what year, but I was really young. And I remember seeing uh, David Villeman, all those guys, the, the, like the OGs, you know, and uh, that really, really sparked my love for it. And after that, it was just always motorcycle toys, all the, you know, all the video games that started coming out, you know, MX versus ATV Unleashed and just yep. throwing my whole life. Champs. It's what I loved. And yeah, literally, I literally just immersed myself in uh, or immersed, whatever, um, whichever word you want to use there. But uh, either one. Yeah, just in the culture. And, and uh, I just I loved it. Read Racer X, Transworld, all the magazines. Um, obviously, you know, being from from California, I did want to race a little bit. Um, I wasn't any good by any means. I remember showing up to uh, Paris Hopper and Ice one night. I was nine years old and. Uh, my dad missed the uh, missed the gate call for my class. It was like 85, like, I don't know, 7 to 11 or, or one of those, 9 to 11, one of those classes. And he accidentally threw me in the super mini class. So that was Christian Craig. He was in there, uh, Austin Paul Kelly, uh, Ian Treadle. And I remember just – Wow, Treadle. I didn't know he was like, from California. Yeah, I'm not sure if he's, if he's from California, but I do remember he was, uh, he was there racing that night. And hmm. I remember just being on the track, and I was like, dude, like there's – this is wrong. I, there's no way I should be here. But, uh, yeah, we just kind of, we chased it for a little bit, raced a lot of the local stuff. And, um, I got hurt really bad in 2011, uh, pretty much, um, blew apart my tib fib. I tried to hit a double at Paula and I think just came up a little bit short and landed flat to the ground, knocked out for five, 10 minutes. Um, leg was done. Knee was dislocated. My ankle was smashed. My toes were gone on my right side. Like it was, it was really bad. Like gone. And, uh, I mean, it, it, they were smashed for sure. They they couldn't even set it the first night I was in the hospital. They're like, dude, we need to like plate this thing. Like, this is bad. We got to cast it up. Like, the the doctor was genuinely, genuinely concerned. And it literally took me, I would say, probably almost two years to actually get back to, to just walking normal. I would always have, uh, you know, like walkers or um, you know, wheelchairs at Disneyland and stuff wow. like that. Like, it, it it was a it was a tough uh, it was a tough time, and I was fourteen. And just in that span of time, I just was like, I, I love this sport so much, and I still want to be involved in it, 
but I really don't want to do this whole this riding thing, this racing thing. It's just it's just not for me, you know. Uh, backtrack. I had been shooting photos all throughout the years since I was four years old, uh, just with little Kodak cameras or whatever my mom had laying around or whatever they had us use in school, and I just could never stop. And then the iPhones came out. I always took photos, even when I was down from my broken leg. I was always finding a way to take photos or play with the iPhone filters or whatever. Um, and so I ended up getting a camera for photography class. I was taking college classes and I needed a, photo- a, a camera. And uh, I remember I was like, I'm just going to go to Elsinore. I'm just going to go see what's going on at the Supercross track. And first time ever taking a camera to a motocross track. I go there, Cooper Webb's there. That was when he was on star number 17. So, mm-hmm. it was like, so it's 16? This was like, yeah. So um, I was eight. That was all 17, almost 18. Um, and I remember taking pictures of him and just kind of getting used to the camera. Like I had no idea really what to do. I was still taking classes. I was still learning about you know, high shutter speeds and you know, what you want your apertures and stuff to be at. And you know, if you know, you know, motocross photography is it's, it's tough in the sense where it's like they're always moving. They're constantly moving. So you really have to just focus on at least for me just getting like the part where they have the most style or whatever. But back then, I I really had no idea. And I took a couple of pictures of Coop, posted them online. Um, I believe he, he messaged me. He was like, hey, like, can you send me these? And uh, I sent them to him, or, or maybe he just reposted them. I don't know. It was one of them. But um, but he posted them, and then, like, Transville posted it, and then other people were posting it because it was, like, the first photo of him with an under-17. And um, after that, I was like, dude, like, this is actually kind of sick. This is fun. So I made it a, a weekly thing. After school, I would literally just – go to Paula and see if Paula Tuesday was the day and it still kind of is, but back yeah, it's then, pro day. it was Paula Tuesday. Yeah. Like all the amateur kids were there. Um, you know, all the like Axel Hodges was around a lot there, buttery medium, all those guys, literally just everybody in the Southern California motor industry was at these Paula Tuesdays right in between the supercross season and, and the outdoor season. And um, I started going and um, it was when the West coast, was coming to an end, so it was San Diego Supercross. That was when my start really happened. I saw Simon Cudby from a distance in the KTM trailer uh, with his daughter Shannon. And I'm normally a shy guy. If if you know me, you know that I I am outgoing and talkative when I need to be. But for the most part, like I I do kind of get shy to be honest. And I don't okay. know what happened that day, but I just kind of went for it and went up and asked him i was like hey man like i'm i'm a big fan i've followed your work forever i've had his posters on my wall you know obviously since i was a kid so i recognized the name recognized the face like i had seen him in racer x i was like i, I just have to go talk to him so i asked him for advice showed him a couple photos um he gave me some advice he's like hey man like you just got to get a better lens like honestly like your angles are cool like you know it's it's rad and uh, i was honestly spiked i remember going to the bathroom and texting my parents i was like dude like I just met Simon Cudby, just gave me photo advice. Like, I was just so stoked. And literally later that week, uh, we ended up becoming friends on Facebook, and um, he asked me if I wanted to be his assistant, pretty much. And Whoa. also with Racer X as well. Yeah. So it was like kind of a lot of outhouse to the penthouse. The week. Yeah, for real. It was just kind of like I had just turned 18, and I was just so, like, so ecstatic and just so mind blown that. But this was even happening, you know, I, I got very lucky for sure because, um, you know, getting up to, to that level is tough. And the fact that I literally just got taken there and I got to learn along the way was, uh, was very cool. So I'm very fortunate for everything that Simon 
has done for me, even still does for me. We we do poster shoots together, and we're really good friends. And um, I really go to him a lot if I have any you know questions. He really helps me out, and I, I call him like my my photo father. You know, so he's uh he's always there for me, and I I really respect and appreciate him, and the fact that he was even uh, like willing to take an 18 year old kid under his wing to to help him out is still to this day just just kind of baffles me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's pretty much how I got my got my start, and. Uh, from there, I've just really tried to work and and really um, really tried to put myself out there and, and expand expand my ability. You know, I feel like it's so easy, especially with with social media, to get caught up in shooting the same stuff over and over again because you get a lot of likes on you know berm shots of ten rocks and whatever. So I feel like a lot of photographers that I see um, just kind of keep going with that, and they want to get likes and followers and attention and. At first, I, I will admit it was that way for me as well. Working with Racer X, it um, it really boosted my following. I got a lot of followers from it and and whatnot. Um, but it's not about that really. It's it's just more about for me. I just want to be creative. I just want to like if I post something, I want it to be something that I think is sick. I don't care how many likes I get on it. You know, obviously, if you post a picture of Kenny doing a whip, you know, you're gonna get you know seven to eight hundred likes. You know, maybe more if it gets on the viral page, but if you actually post like a genuine good photo from a wedding, you know, you could only get, you know, 15 likes. And <laughs> I've just kind of learned to just put that away and just kind of do whatever I feel is, is cool. So that's probably a lot, but I yeah. just, I just kind of go with it when you tell me to talk, you know, that's cool, man. Hey, I, I'll hand the ball off. You run with it. No problem. I think you did a fantastic job <laughs> wrapping that up. Um, and um, yeah, like the, the funny thing is, is you mentioned that you being a shy guy. I think the only reason why, uh, we ended up talking to begin with is that I don't know shit from sugar when it comes to figuring out how to use a camera. <laughs> and that year is when uh, my good friend, and we'll talk about him, uh, Brown Dog Wilson, uh, loaned me a, uh, uh, what was it? Um, I'll think of the name of it. He, he loaned me a camera body. I was using my my lens. My I think it's a 135 lens. It's super, uh, not a... a okay. It's a, uh, the, the, it's, it's just an older lens. It was the it was the original lens that came on the uh, uh, the D D twenty, um, but or the thirty D or whichever. Like Canon and Nikon, they can go fuck themselves with the uh, the twenty D and thirty D, <laughs> and like they're literally just copied each other for a while there. Yeah. One uh, D X. Does that make it sound funny? Does that sound right? Mark. Yeah, yeah, I have the one D X. One D X Mark five, I think, or Mark four. Or no, I think. The one DX is up to uh, Mark Two, I believe. Okay. You might have had like a like a one D Mark Four or something like that. Because I know okay. I have a Mark D, a one D Mark Four, Mark D. But uh, uh, I do remember. I think you asked me like a photo question or something, right? Like how? To, yeah. Like what to shoot or, or how to shoot something? Yeah. Well, because I, I all my photos were coming out like I would take a photo and it was like super exposed, like. I, it was either like super dark or it was super dark or like, like literally it was basically white. And I'm like, dude, fix this. Cause like I must've adjusted something. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I remember. I, I was like, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. And you're just like, and then immediately I'm sure you're like, like in the back of your head, I'm supposed to be working, but I'm going to help this random Canadian kid fi figure out how to take photos next to me. Cause there was this like, kind of like, 
triple section at the uh, it was Anaheim too. It was the first time they did the triple crown, and uh, I remember that race that race night being crap because uh, there was no passing involved because the futures was the next day and the it was the most basic track design you'd ever seen. I do remember that. I, I honestly, it's the one thing about shooting photos, um, at, as well as being a fan, is tough because I almost get stuck wanting to watch the race instead of shooting. You know, from being so down, like on the ground. Yeah. Because we're down there. We're in the action. Like we're behind the sand corners where people are making passes. We're you know looking under the triples. Like we could literally see everything in front of us. And it's it's tough to remember like who won or who did what. But yeah. I will tell you that, in all fairness, you were telling me you had, you know, photo problems. It is tough shooting during the day in a stadium during a press conference because the stadium's got so many shadows. You know, it's super bright, and one like one jump and like the next jump over, it's completely shaded. So if you have it on auto ISO or something, you know, your camera's, you know, tweaking out, going one way or the other. And, and sometimes I've even come back and I'm like, dude, my photos are absolutely shit from this because like I, I wasn't paying attention. I totally forgot this whatever and you got to do a little extra work in lightroom to to make it work but yeah and in your defense it, it is tough and i do give you a lot of respect for going out there and just full send just uh giving it a shot with a camera you didn't even know honestly much respect oh i appreciate it i know I, every time i'd come back to brown dog and i'm like i don't know how to work this thing and he's like why do you have it in running man you like or sport mode like leave it in manual i'm like every time i put it in manual it like literally won't take a photo <laughs> yeah like, I remember same like kind of the same scenario for me. I okay. I had a a gig with Factory Suzuki in 2000. It was like late 2015, early 2016. So it was James's last year on Yoshimura Suzuki. I, I got approached through no Simon deal. Um, from the um, the PR director at, at Suzuki, and he's like, "Hey, we need a guy, you know, to just be like the media assistant. So you'll help out with autograph sessions or." you know, get the riders like food or, or whatever, just set stuff out for them, uh, get stuff ready and, you know, go shoot photos for the press releases. So I was like, all right, like that's, that's a, you know, cool deal. So they brought me to Monster Cup that year. It was the year that James, I think like the first race, like tipped over and he tore his ACL or, or something like that. I remember that vividly. Um, and he like, he didn't race the rest of the night. It was when Baggett was his teammate. And yes. I basically had been shooting with a, with a 70 and a 70 to 200 up until Monster Cup, and the guy handed me a like a Canon 1D Mark IV with a 300 lens. And I had never held a 300 lens before. I had never shot a 300 lens before, let alone even shot a Supercross race like at all or any low light up at that up until that point. So I was flying blind the whole day. The guy who hired me was running back and forth. This might kind of be might kind of be news to some people, but true value. Um, the hardware store was supposed to come on with the team for the 2016 okay. season. But well, because of, um, yeah. I think, James crashing out in Monster Cup, I, I don't think that ended up um, being a thing. I don't know if it was because of that reason, but it all just... Well, they ended up sponsoring like it, some it super or some outdoor nationals a couple of years later. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of interesting with that they at least still wanted to be, you know, in the industry, which I thought was, was cool to get some outside sponsors. But, but yeah, my photos that night, I, I have like maybe three that I look back on and I'm like, Oh yeah, those are, those are pretty sick pictures. But the rest of them were just like a hundred thousand ISO aperture two eight, just complete garbage. I'm just like, dude, I, I wish I knew back then like what I know now because I wasted such a good opportunity with, you know, 
Sexton was in the um, like the futures class too. He was ripping, I think. I think he actually podiumed. Yeah. Um, so Marshbanks was there, and obviously just shooting James. The long was that have been. the year Hamaker yeah. wins or McAdoo? Uh, I think that was McAdoo was 2017, I believe, because I worked for 100% at the time, and I remember organizing photos from uh, Swanberg from from that. Okay. Um, that was one of my that was one of my other jobs after the uh, the Suzuki thing, but the Suzuki deal didn't end up going through because the True Value deal. Uh, did go through so i only got a, a one race shot with suzuki but but yeah I, I definitely feel you how it is to uh try to learn a new camera and in, in situations you're not necessarily used to it's stressful and not fun especially when you're uh when you're on the payroll that day oh for sure and, and like and especially because yeah like a camera i've never used before and like um like I'm straight like prior to that trip, I was basically like exclusive iPhone media, man. Like I, I can take a decent photo still image of my bike sitting on the stand. But for the most part, I'm no shutterbug. Like I, I, uh, I was pretending as best I could, uh, so that Sean Brennan would give me a photo vest and take me somewhat seriously. Uh, that backfired. Uh, but, uh, no, like kind of, yeah, like, learning as you go and you, Spencer Owens, nice enough to uh, lend a helping hand uh, at a moment's notice with someone you didn't know whatsoever. So if anything at all, that story just basically speaks to your character, my friend. Thank you, man. It was an honor to cross paths with you. And uh, again, thank you just so much for even having me on. And I followed you forever, you know, so I've seen a lot of your podcasts and, and listened to them uh, as well. And just seeing everything you're doing, racing, all that stuff. So it's just, uh, I'm honored that we have met, my friend. Hey, this is the, the, the pleasure's on this side of the phone call, and don't forget it. Now, um, you, you, you fuck up your knee, leg, garbage, uh, you start taking, you've been, but you've been taking photos for a long period of time. This is sort of like off topic of the motocross side of things, but as someone who knows how to take a photo, is it not like, like, ridiculously like mind-numbingly annoying when you're around people who don't know how to take a photo and that like you like hand like a your phone to like here take a picture of me and they're like it's not even like it's they're like am i in the am, am i in there and like you're off to the left like no subject it's you know what i mean like it's yeah like some people have no eye for photography and it's just like it's almost like like I always say I I say take take for granted if if you're in a wedding like if you're on your wedding day you have like a best man who can give a good speech because not everyone has that guy and yeah same Absolutely. thing with photography like some people like they they just they would burn they would burn the water if they go to boil it like they don't know how to do it uh it's just totally weird so um I mean, definitely like, I th can you touch on that yeah I think um like you said, you know, it's with everything, there's always, you know, that, that one guy who just really shouldn't do it. You know, like the, the guy you talk about the speech, you know, the best man or, or whatever. I've been to plenty of weddings where it's like, dude, that best man should not even be speaking right now. He is way too drunk or just, it's a terrible speech goes on forever. But yeah, photography definitely has those, those guys. Um, I, I do feel, um, like if you've made it to Supercross though, it's an exception because obviously, you know, you got somebody's eye, you know, somebody loves your work and, and obviously you're talented enough to be, you know, one of the, one of the selected 20 photographers to even be, you know, on the, on the floor. Um, but it's like, who, who am I to even say, you know, what's a bad photo and, and what's not? I feel like 
um, if one person posts a photo and thinks it's good, then to them it's good. To me, it, I mean, might not be something that I would consider good, but I mean, to them it is. And that's one thing I, I learned in college is um, like with doing the classes and stuff, it's just all about perspective. And, you know, there's really no reason to, to judge another photo just because it's something that, you know, you don't really like or, or whatever. Because even in college classes, dude, we would have weird assignments. Like I went to a community college. So it was uh, Palomar Junior College in, um, in San Marcos. And like it had garbage backgrounds. Like there were just like dead cactuses, like a little forest that was just overgrown with leaves. And, and the campus part was nice, but it was just people everywhere. And we'd have to go out on photo assignments for like 40 minutes and go find like cool stuff to, to shoot. And um, that, that's what kind of changed it for me was all my photos were absolutely garbage and other people's were, were good. Like, and I was like, dang, like, it's just all about perspective, really. What I thought looked terrible, you know, they made look beautiful. So it's just all about, you know, what, what you would consider good, I guess, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, like, I've seen your stuff. You, you've evolved. You've, you've improved. Like, how do you sharpen your skills? How do you start to look at things differently? And I, there must be some uh, some skills that, about, like, basically just having that, like, the, the focus point in a photo, getting the right angle, seeing what looks cool, or does that just come down to having the right feel for it? Something that, that I really think about, too, is, you know, I, I have written, you know, and I have watched plenty of races looked at millions of, of photographs and over the years and magazines on on websites and you know i one thing that i've picked up is you know it's always cool to shoot the riders like when they're at their most like they're i, I don't know how to say it like where they're showing i guess the most action you know so if like they're taking a rut um you know you obviously want to get that point of the rut or maybe like their wrist is like a little down, like their elbows up, or you can just tell they're digging down or you can yeah. see their eyes or, or something intensity. like that, you know? Yeah. And, and at the beginning, you know, like, like I said, at Elsinore that day, my first time shooting, I, I didn't really get that. I was just kind of shooting more of the action and like what was going on. So like if Ben LeMay was going down a straightaway, I would just shoot him going down a straightaway. And there was really no like artistic thing about it. It was just a photo of Ben LeMay going down a straightaway. So I think it just comes with, with time and experience and, and just getting to know yourself, really. And I, I always talk to my brother about it all the time. We always get into just, like, deep conversations about it. But um, you know, there, there was a time when I, I, like, lived on social media. I kind of touched on it earlier, but, like, I looked at other people's photos and I would go to the races and I would post my photos and I would go look at, you know, Mike Emery or, or Ryan Swanberg. I'd be like, damn, like, how did I miss that? Like, like that was so sick. Like, I totally missed that. And it just got to a point where it's like you have to stop comparing yourself to other people and just do whatever you feel is, is better. So just keep shooting. Like I just kept going to the track and I keep my skills sharp, keep my cameras sharp. I'd always take them into Canon, keep them clean, make sure everything's, you know, dialed in and, and good to go. Um, it, it's just, it just comes with yourself, really. I feel like I've even – I've come a long way. I used to mainly do kind of like I feel like what Simon does. Simon's stuff is – always incredible where uh, but i feel like he's really good at capturing the action and he does it in such a good way where you can like really see the rider and it puts them in a good light and, and their styles there and everything and i i didn't want to be a mere image of that but i wanted to take aspects of that and make it into my own style so i would just kind of keep that in mind and then just do whatever i think is cool really and it just kind of goes from there it's ever changing like i don't even think that i'm at my best now i feel like 
maybe, you know, in a year from now, two years from now, 10 years from now, I mean, I, I would hope I would be better and, you know, camera equipment gets better and you're able to do more stuff. And I feel like just with experience, your eyes start to, to open to different things, really. And that's super important. Like, yeah, always growing, always trying to make a, like a better broadcast, a better photo, going through the whoops better, regardless of what you're doing yeah. within the sport. Like, as long as you're never satisfied and continuously building, I think that's what what's yeah. important. I think it's interesting that you went to Paula instinctively, like, I don't care if anyone pays me to do this. Uh, I'm going to keep doing it because I want to get better. I think it's fun in general to see these guys up close and personal. And I, I love getting on social media and getting my kind of my photos shared. And, and that's really cool. Um, but what like that to me is like the microcosm of how you get into the sport of motocross, unless For you go sure. to MMI 100%. and then get a job at a dealership. You, you gotta, you gotta work for free. You gotta go there and be able yeah. to put in that sweat equity because no one is going to call you while you're sitting at home saying, Hey, like I heard you take good photos. You want to come out to the track and, and, and take photos for me? Like it's always, that's the only way to get, get into it. The thing about motocross and in a lot of ways in a lot of different sports is if, if you're willing to do it for free, there's a lineup of people who are, who are, will line up to to let you do it for free and at some point you need to yeah. you need to start getting contracts and moving forward and, and until then you'll actually start pissing off a lot of the guys who do get paid to do it so um for sure if you could maybe a story about uh someone because i know i got it like i like someone was like kind of to me like like you don't charge for your photos like why would i want to be friends with you <laughs> like you kind of yeah you're making it making all, us all look bad like when you when you don't charge that means like you you basically bring my price down i never really thought about it that way uh and then same thing like uh at what point uh, rather than giving away your photos for free did you start to uh um start to establish your worth a little bit you know, it's it's funny you bring that up because I I almost feel like it's just like a like a generational difference. I mean, the the photographers that have been around forever are are still around. You know, so Cudby was the original one. You know, he's still around. Uh, obviously, Brown Dog Wilson, Garth Mylan, uh, Mike Emery's been around. You know, so so these guys have have been around in the times before social media. So so they made it because of of their actual photography ability and companies wanted to, to hire them and because they're talented, talented people. Whereas now like with my generation, you know, we have Instagram, we have social media, you know, we can literally take a picture, throw it on the camera and post it on our Instagram, you know, within, you know, two minutes and, and it gets up there and, you know, chances are, if it's a photo of Justin Cooper, Justin Cooper's at Paula, he sees your photo, your photo is getting posted because he wants to show you, you know, that he's at Paula and he's riding, he's grinding. So it's, it's totally crazy to me to, to think that like that they were almost lucky. I, I almost envy them because they, they got to come up into the sport because of, of true talent where I feel like now it's sometimes it's, it's about, you know, who's the cheapest or who does it for free. And I feel like it, it really shows. Um, obviously, you know, there are kids that are, you know, grinding and, and stuff at the track. And I see them there all the time. Every time I have to go there, I, I'm like, Hey, respect them. You know, they're at least, they're grinding. They're doing what they have to do. They're posting content on, on Instagram. Cause that's, that's how I did it, dude, was just posting stuff on Instagram and engaging people, sending photos out to, um, you know, to writers and, and everything like that. Um, but my moment was with, uh, Brown Dog Wilson, obviously, uh, one of my first seasons shooting Supercross was, was with Racer X. I was intern there, uh, 2016. So a one, I literally, 
a thousand pictures. Like just, I don't know exactly if it was a thousand, but just, I, I had so many photos. Um, cause it was my first supercross dude. I had a 300. I rented a 300 that weekend and I was just so pumped on just everything, dude. So I just flooded my Facebook feed with, you know, probably a couple hundred photos from, from a one. And, uh, he, he messaged me and he's like, Hey dude, like, you know, you're giving this stuff away for free. Like, you know, we have, you know, smug mug accounts that people buy from and, and everything like that. And, and although I, I do get that and it did, um, put it into perspective for me really that, Oh crap. Like, I, I guess I really do have to be careful about where I post stuff because companies could steal it. Companies could use them, you know, for free instead of, you know, paying Brown dog for a picture because he's taking his time and his money to go to these races. And, you know, if you just post a photo out there for everyone to take it, obviously devalues the, the industry. So at the time I was like frustrated, but now I, I totally understand it. I, I understand where he, where he came from and uh, nothing but respect to, to Brown dog. He's one of the legends he's been around forever. I remember seeing his images and in, in racer X alongside with, uh, with Simon, but, uh, it's, it's tough, dude. Social media is a good thing, but it's also, it's also a bad thing for that exact reason really oh yeah we could go on for uh, hours about uh, just like the evolution of of uh social media and how much time we waste on it and how now uh instagram the way they've they've manipulated their uh algorithm to basically bury uh content that uh like you, you spent so like you literally i spent probably two or three years developing the following i have now and then like I'll literally like with forty five thousand or forty three thousand followers on Instagram, I can post certain things and get like eight likes. I'm like, how? In what world does like I I get yeah. like less than like that's like less than a tenth of a percent of? It's so weird, dude. You know like, what I mean? I I have yeah I had random job I had a random job at at hundred percent. And I, I ran their social media for, for about a year. And um, through that, I learned all about, like, the algorithms and, like, timing of posting and, like, targeting your posts to, you know, certain regions and, and all that stuff. So I just had, like, this just overwhelming, this overwhelmingly amount of information that I just, like, is still used to this day. And now it's, like, like, you used to be able to post at anywhere between, like, 9 and 12 and get a decent amount of likes because it was on the feed. It was, you know, when people were on their phone, most was from, you know, nine o'clock to 12 o'clock. Right. And then, you know, now it's like you could post something at eight o'clock at night and you'll get more likes than you did when you posted something in the morning. It's just like, it's, it's all messed up now. It's, it's, it's crazy. And it's ever changing too. They change them. I feel like daily, honestly, they change privacy information or, or whatever, where you'll post something and people won't see it till the next day. Like I get that all the time. I'll log on my feed and, you know, see a F1 post from two days ago, first thing on my feed. It's like, dude, like, why didn't I see this like two days ago? Like, it's, it's messed up, honestly. Yeah, no, and like, even with, with accounts that you, you follow and, and like interact with quite often, like, it's, it's just so weird to me uh, how it works. Yeah. And uh, like, it, it does bug me. But like, on, to, on the, also on the social media thing, like, the moment that Spencer Owens posts a photo, like now with screen capturing video and and then screenshots like i i like you post it i set up a uh a notification for every time you post a photo that same photo is on my feed 50 seconds later 
<laughs> in black Dude, and white. That's awesome. Thank you. You know, what, but you know what I mean. Like it, it like, yeah. and I know those guys that get pissed. Like I, like to this day, uh, and it's hilarious because Mike Visor, who I think shoots for uh, uh, Verb now, has me blocked on Instagram because I, I, I posted a couple <laughs> of his photos without, without, without a tag or without a, a photo cred, and I'm like, Mike, when you got like. I, I, I've had I've had Mike on the show about four times. This is going back about three years ago, maybe more, when I was living uh, at a different different apartment. And like he got hit by a bike while he was doing uh, his photography for Arena Cross, knocked out some teeth, and I I started I a GoFundMe for him. I don't know if you remember okay. this, but like we raised I money do, to get yeah. his teeth back, and then and then he 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 uh, he blocked me. Because um, because he because I didn't give him video or photo cred. I'm like really, like if you want, like I'll I'll put it on there. I just I didn't know who took the photo, Mike. Like, but yeah, like where do you stand on that? Yeah. How how much does it piss you off? And at the end of the day, is there anything you can really do about it? Um, <laughs> you're not gonna like this for sure, but uh, I definitely feel like photo credit is uh, is is necessary too. Oh, but, absolutely, uh, it's, I it's agree. To an but... extent, yeah. It's necessary uh, to an extent. I mean, um, like, say, you know, O'Neill, you know, pays me to do a photo shoot for him. And, you know, I send them you know, all the photos. They can post them without tagging me because technically they, they own the, the photo. They paid for so it. I, right. Yeah, for sure. So I, I wouldn't expect to tag. I mean, it's, it's cool if they do tag me. And, and oftentimes they do as well as the other companies I work for as well. But um, a lot of times just showing up on Instagram and seeing without a tag, it's, especially if it's a sick photo, it's like, it's like, oh, dude, like, I really wish they, you know, they could, they could tag me in it. So I'll, like, always just leave a comment. It's like, hey, like, thanks for the repost. And um, I kind of hope that they'll, you know, they'll tag me in it. And at the end of the day, like, it is just Instagram. Um, I don't really get too pissed about it. Um, but, like, if I go in, you know, Racer X and I see an ad for a photo that I know I didn't sell to anybody, you know, Ooh. then I'm like, okay, this is kind of a problem. I probably should, you know, get some, get some money out of this, you know, like, it's kind of crossed the line a little bit. Yeah, well, the like, thing, like, I, it's the, tough. Yeah, go tough. ahead. I'll just say it's tough, too, to, like, see, like, my photos I know out there that are, like, low quality, too. Like, if people just, like, keep screenshotting it and screenshotting it, like, and I'll see it, and it's just absolutely garbage. I'm like, oh, dude, like, let me like let me just send you the original. Like, please just like, just tag me in it, dude. Like, honestly, just take that, take that down. Yeah, yeah. At least let me, uh, yeah, let me make it right. Um, but yeah. yeah, that's wild. Like, I, I, like honestly, I totally agree. And like, the funny thing is, is well, maybe not as much nowadays, but maybe in the in the in the past, like, um, you probably had like either old motocross magazines or old magazines you've seen, like, say, like an old Sports Illustrated. You'll find like a twenty-year-old Sports Illustrated at a uh, at a school library, like. If yeah. you if you took a shot, say like a Gatorade commercial, well they would probably wouldn't use it in a Gatorade commercial, but like an ad that uses your photo that like is kids are being advertised to for like twenty years. You have no idea, no scope of how many products are sold off of that photo. Like maybe you're like a guy like a young uh, Spencer Owens who absolutely is enthralled by the sport of motocross because you see this ad that never got paid for. And uh, yeah, it, it definitely would, would burn you, especially because you as well as I know, there's a lot of times you see a photo and it's not the photo you really think of. It's the 
oh my God, I had to drive overnight to Oakland at two o'clock in the morning yeah. on the number five freeway just so I could take that photo and then drive back to SoCal and then take photos with Dennis yeah. Stapleton at two o'clock, like two o'clock that next afternoon in the plus, yeah. like plus 110 degree yeah. heat. Like Literally, that's what pisses you off. People don't know. Yeah. People don't know. They don't, they don't see that, that side of it. You know, they just see a, you know, a photo of Tomac, you know, going through a corner at a two or, or something, you know, they, they don't, they don't understand, you know, the kind of, work the kind of energy that goes behind just to get that one photo or how many photos you have to go through just to find you know, that one photo like there's even times i'll be shooting supercross and i'm like oh yeah like i know i got some good photos and then i'll go back and look at the photos and i'm like holy crap like why didn't i see this like this one's like absolutely dope or i'm stoked on this or whatever and i'll like i'll post it but um to answer your question i really don't think there's anything you know we, we can do about it i mean it, it just comes down to common decency like you just people just shouldn't do that i feel like um you know they should they should really take that into account but i mean then again it would it would really take a lot of other people to think outside of themselves to to do that you know but um hopefully with time it'll it'll change and hopefully instagram gets a little bit better about it um but yeah it's just it, it is frustrating for sure luckily though i have more times than not uh, been approached by a company to purchase photos like, um, I just sold some photos, um, I think like a couple months ago or whatever. And, and that was cool of them to actually like reach out to me and say, Hey, like we want to buy some pictures instead of, uh, just taking them. Whereas there was that one part of my life where, you know, everybody would just take the pictures just because it was Instagram and they really didn't, didn't care. So it's nice to at least be a little bit more respected now as a, as an actual photographer for sure. Absolutely. You don't want to be taking for granted. Uh, and you yeah. do amazing work that, that, that to me is probably first Thank and foremost, you. you're, you're one of the most, uh, progressive photographers out there, uh, taking some Thank really you, interesting shots and you're dedicated to it. Um, what are you most proud of over the last like three or four years of, of, of being dedicated to taking photos, um, that you, as far as like a particular shoot or is there a photo that comes to mind or uh, just like a, uh, a bad habit that you had three years ago that you, if you look through uh, a day of photos, which uh, now with, you don't have to shoot film. Like the, the fact that you guys shoot digital, you guys just like go, basically just like walk around with your finger on the shutter uh, all yeah. day long. But uh, you guys do take a ton of photos, but it, has it gotten better in, in that respect? Or is that you've, you probably like, you don't have to take as many photos to have, have a good one. Um, honestly, yeah, it, it does get better for sure. Because at, at first there's like this, um, like, I guess to put it in perspective, like going to a shoot, um, my original stress was I got to make sure I get enough pictures. Like I, I just got to just get enough good, like enough good pictures to where I can send them, you know, a decent, you know, album at the end of the shoot. Whereas now it's just like, I don't want to shoot too many pictures, but I want to get as many good ones as I, as I possibly can. So the stress factor kind of, kind of went down a ton for me so it's just more about like I went like I said earlier it's just about being yourself and as cheesy as it sounds but just letting your creativity speak and when you let your creativity speak and you're in the moment the conditions are great the lighting is, is dope the riders got good style and just the conditions are perfect it just goes for a for a seamless shoot you know and uh, something that comes to mind for me was one of my first big shoots um I had the privilege of meeting Kyle Foz from Ethica. Um, 
back when I first started interning with uh, with Racer X, and we went yeah. to the track, and uh, we rode together. We became uh, we became pretty close, and uh, it was coming around the time of Supercross, like 2017. Yeah, so it was like 2000. No, sorry, late 2015, early 2016. Cooper Webb, uh, number one plate, you know, defending champ in 250 class. Um, He's like, hey, man, like, we need some photos um, of Cooper Webb, like, wearing, you know, the underwear, get some action shots of him out at Cheney Ranch, um, as well as with, with Brock Tickle. And I was like, dude, dope. Like, he's going to be sick. So I remember me and my dad, you know, hopped in the ranch beater, and we just drove all the way down to Cheney Ranch, which uh, is a beautiful place uh, down past Kuya Creek. I don't know if you've been there. but it's, I have. Probably like an hour. I rode there. Like an hour past. Okay, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's absolutely dope, dope place. I know they filmed a lot of movies back then. I, I believe, or back there, I believe they did the motocross movie there. Um, I, I could be wrong about that. I know they did some stuff with Brona Oaks, but uh, but anyways, we uh, we met up with them, and uh, I remember like Cooper was just like super photogenic. It was really good, really easy, as well as Brock Tickle too. I mean, uh, just full on model stuff, and we just we had a good time. It was awesome. It was an awesome experience. Like, I remember just hopping in the, the little golf carts that Ed had down there, and he would take us on a tour, and we would just shoot photos, like, up at the, the little haunted house they had up there and, and whatever. And it just was a it was a really fun, fun time, you know. And, you know, being a fan, too, it was just crazy to, like, think in the moment, like, dude, like, I'm actually here with, like, Cooper Webb right now and, and Brock Tickle. Like, this is, like, absolutely crazy, you know. So it's just one of those things that just you kind of have to, like, pinch yourself. It's like, dude. Like, am I even qualified to do this? And, and then you just kind of get in the flow of it. And you start getting the photos and, you know, that they're happy and they're, you know, telling you that they're liking what they're seeing. And, you know, Wes blowing out some, you know, awesome Cheney Ranch chocolate dirt. And it's just, that was like one shoot to this day that I, I look back on and I'm like, that was such a fun, fun day. And the fact that my dad got to be there with me too was, was awesome. And he had been there since the beginning, you know, longtime fan and, and everything. Another shoot that was really big for me, um, was I remember 2000, whatever, whatever year Kenny was just on Honda. So I think uh, it was like his first year Honda. So it might have been like late 2016, early, yeah, late 2016. Um, yeah, because he got hurt in 17, right? When he, yeah, when he broke his arm. Anaheim 2 of yeah. 17. No. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was like his, his first, it was after the outdoor series, after he won the championship and he was switching over to, to Honda. And uh, Andrew Fredrickson at Racer X called me and, and he was like, hey, um, you know, he didn't tell me where. He didn't give me any, like, details. Like, hey, we, we might have a, a shoot this week. Um, are you available on Wednesday? And uh, he's like, just yes or no. I was like, yes, yeah, I'm, I'm available. So, like, all right, we will email you in the next coming, like, hours with the details or whatever. I had no idea what it was. Um, but I knew it was going to be big. You know, Simon had texted me. and said, oh, yeah, congrats, dude. Like, it's going to be sick. And at the time, I had no idea what was even going on. So then later that night, they're like, hey, you know, be at the Honda track, you know, Wednesday, you know, 7 a.m. I was like, all right, whatever. So loaded up everything, me and my dad, he was my assistant. Uh, we roll up to the Honda track and go through the gate. First thing I look at the bike, dude, I just see a fat 94 on the front plate. And I'm like, whoa, like, is this actually, like, like, is this really happening right now? Like, like for real? Like, am I qualified to do this, you know? There's always that that little demon in the back of your head that's like, dude, like, this is big, man. Like, don't, don't screw this up, you know? And uh, then they told me that it was the cover shot and, and everything for, for the next issue of Racer X. And it was my first cover, everything. And I had never shot a cover up to that point, like whatever. So I just was like, 
all right, we're just going to go out. We're just going to shoot him. And we're just going to do, you know, whatever. Like, I, I know how to do. Just kind of remembered everything. And I overthought. I remember every shot. I was like, is this going to be cool? Is this going to be cool? And instead of just letting it flow like I probably would now. But, um, but Kenny was super cool, too. I remember going up and saying, like, hey, can I just get, like, a couple whips from you on the, on the triple, you know, before your moto. And he was totally cool about it. The manager was totally cool. Um, it was Dan, Dan Bentley at the time. Uh, so he was super rad. The conditions were absolutely just incredible. The Honda track got that nice, like that nice orange glow, like right in that little, uh, that little Canyon there. So everything's just nice and backlit for pretty much all day. Um, so that's a, that's a big one as well. Um, as far as photos though, that I, that I really like or look back on uh, another Ken Roxon one, actually uh, Glenn Helen earlier that year in 2016, it was when he blew out his suspension in the first moto at Glenn Helen. Uh, I remember he was leading the moto. He had a big lead and he ended up dropping, I think to like third or, or fourth or something like that. And uh, the next race is when he just, you know, wanted straight up redemption. Like he wanted to beat Dungey so bad that race. And I remember just shooting him through the lens and I remember just seeing, like, I could see his aggression. I could see that he wanted it. And there was one jump in the back of the track. It was like a scrub jump. Um, and I remember um, that I shot a photo of him just scrubbing right next to Dungey. And uh, sure enough, that was the path to the lead that ultimately ended in, ended up uh, him being the overall winner. So I still look back at that photo. Uh, I know Racer X featured it uh, later that year um, for, like, a favorite from the year. Um, and I still have it. And I'm like, dude, like, I, I, I love this picture. Like, I something that i always just cherish i guess you could say that's so cool man it's to have like in in a world where like okay this podcast not specifically but so much of what i do when i do a race review or when i do like when i'm talking about like uh, bench racing and talking about certain things in the news and whatnot like that is such a disposable podcast within within five to seven days it is completely irrelevant. No one's going back to listen to it. Um, but and, and honestly, a lot of that happens with photography. Like you have a, a photo that like it, it, it's it's cool and it, like it gets a lot of attention for like fifteen seconds on Instagram, and then all of a sudden it just drops off like a stone. Um, it's cool yeah. to have those moments where you basically do you can you basically capturing a moment in time. And like you said, basically the, the a pass for an overall. Um, and it, it's yeah. almost like a little piece of history. I like that. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's cool, and especially like you said, everything's so disposable now. We live in a world where, um, you know, if it wasn't posted the time that something else was posted, you know, it just gets, you know, buried in the feed. Like we were talking about algorithms and just just everything else that goes on in, in the social media industry, and it's just almost one of those things where um, you are pretty much the only one that can look back at that picture and and remember that really. I guess unless like you tell someone like your buddy, you know, your bench race and whatever, and you're, Oh, you remember this? Or I got a photo of this and it just kind of shows up, but you just have to measure your worth based off of, you know, what you feel you like and, and the history and, and, and just mean something to you and you just have to make it not mean something to, to other people or not care if it means something to other people, I guess is, is a better word for it. Um, another race that comes to mind along that, that same story, a lot of them involve Kenny, obviously, but, uh, but yeah, it was Oakland. Uh, the year that he came back from racing um, with his broken arm. And I remember he was leading. It was when he was wearing like the, the CC gear with a smiley face on it. And yep. Anderson was the points leader. And uh, I remember just shooting that. And Anderson whole, beat him that night, didn't like, he? 
I know. Yeah. Late. Like I have. I was a race and a half. I want. I'm gonna go back and watch that tonight. Literally, that is by far one of the raddest races that I can remember. And the track was so treacherous, like everyone just dying everywhere. That's yeah. yeah. I remember playing it on Supercross the game, and I'm like, dude, like this track is absolutely not. (laughs) Obviously, it's nothing compared. But it got so chewed up. uh, I remember Bowers going over the bars mid mid main event, just like complete Indonesia. See you later. I remember standing outside the whoops, just seeing like just the shoulders just smacking against the forks, dude. Like those whoops were so chewed up. The corners were so like rutted out. Like it was, it was absolutely gnarly. But um, literally that whole main event, I'd say I just got photos of Anderson and Roxon just battling the whole time, just because it was like one of those things where it's like this is a piece of history that I'm gonna remember forever. You know, whether other people remember it or not, you know, is irrelevant. But to me, it's like I just gotta make sure I get the coolest photos I possibly can to, to remember this moment. That's so cool, man. Like I, what I love about interviewing you is like basically like I'm, a, I'm interviewing a mirror right now because you are just getting so <laughs> amped about the sport of motocross. And it, it's actually really refreshing to talk to somebody who's in the sport that isn't, uh, isn't jaded by it whatsoever. Like, you know what I mean? I feel like there's so many people yeah. you talk to who are just sort of like, um, like say like someone's having like a really good day on the track and be like, yeah, but he's going to wad up later. So what, like, what is it? Like, it doesn't matter. And you're like, yeah, uh, well, that's not cool to say. Like, yeah. Literally. Um, I can't stand people like that. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. And it, it is tough on, there's just a whole side of the industry that people don't really know. The average fan, you know, that shows up to a one, you know, to, to watch a one doesn't like, he just sees the photographers on the track. So he doesn't really understand, you know, like what it takes to get there or anything about, the inside of the industry it's like a lot of people just focus on on the racers or the trainers or, or the mechanics which are obviously a crucial part of the industry but there's also so many other jobs and so many other avenues that that you could still be in the industry without being you know one of those those forefront guys you know and I, i've often talked about like it'd be sick to have like a um I, I, do you follow f1 do you know the um the netflix series drive to survive yeah, yeah, I, uh, um, yeah, I, that that's one of the best. Like, I, dude, there's so many people who like F1 for that yeah. series and that series only. It's just, it's like a, oh, um, real. it's like a soap opera for dudes. Yeah, <laughs> literally, literally. But I think that there should be a like an industry insider show, kind of like that. I don't know if it would be as epic as Drive to Survive, but uh, there definitely is a whole lot of stories and a whole lot of a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes that uh that people don't really know about definitely like it's 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 pretty wild to to see uh like just how it all comes together um yeah i know you you told me about like a really cool shoot that you had with uh with kenny and you know like as well as cooper those guys are really cool to deal with every time that i've dealt with either one of those guys on like a personal level like they couldn't be more chill Kenny can be a little bit standoffish sure. until he knows you, and then he, and then you're 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 part of the gang. Um, you don't have to tell me a name, but I know that not everyone in motocross is cool. Let's call him Rider <laughs> X. Yeah. Rider, right. like, tell me a story about time Rider X was a was he was he late? 
was he a pain in the ass to oh. shoot with? Was he bad? Was he just like, he didn't oh, have man. cool style. If, if you tell that story, everyone's going to know that it's Ryan Dungey and, or Mike Alessi. So you maybe not go that way, but <laughs> tell me a time that a guy was just a, a pain in the ass to shoot. And then like, wasn't as cool as you thought he was going to be, but don't tell me a name. All right. Unless you so, really want to uh, blow Ryder... somebody out like Tristan Charbonneau did. No, no, definitely. Definitely not. Uh, which was a good interview, by the way. I, um, Thank you. Total off subject, but I actually shot uh, Tristan's poster that year, the year he he turned pro. Okay. And uh, I was hoping he I was hoping he was gonna manage or I can't speak. I was mention. hoping he was gonna mention it, but uh, the day we were supposed to shoot his poster shoot, uh, we went to uh, Star West, which I believe I think is State State Fair now or, or yeah. Milestone or, or whatever it is. That's it's State um, Fair now. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So so we were there. At, it was Star West back then, but. Uh, we showed up, um, and I remember he was there with a guy named Bruce Murata. Bruce Murata was the guy uh, from, uh, from from Alias. And uh, he basically was like Tristan's manager and kind of like helped him out a little bit. Uh, he forgot his boots, basically. So uh, he had to go all the way back to his house in Menifee and get his boots. And then we started the poster shoot a little late. But that, that wasn't the, uh, the Ryder X uh, question you asked. That was just a, a funny story. But uh, Ryder X, we were supposed to uh, shoot his team poster and uh team told me to be there um early so i was there eight o'clock at paula and obviously it was an open ride day at paula so the earlier we got there the better because the tracks were going to be absolutely flooded uh rider x didn't show up until almost lunchtime and rider x showed up uh with dirty boots and uh he literally wasn't pleasant like he didn't really uh he he did what didn't really want to be there yeah, if, uh, if that makes sense. And uh, the team manager was really apologetic, and uh, we were we were talking a lot and, and whatnot. And, but uh, yeah, it was definitely frustrating. So by the time we started riding, it was the track was packed, everything was dusty. Um, it's just it was bad, dude. Like it was it was really bad, and I I felt bad because the team was paying me to be there, and and I literally didn't even produce anything of what they wanted because he really wasn't cooperating. And uh, it was it was tough, and I was supposed to shoot a whip shot of him, and the whip shot, dude, like he looked clean, but the boots were just were absolutely thrashed, dude. And I was like, hey, dude, like I knew he had a new set of boots. There was boots on boots on boots in the back of his car. There at least a cleaner one, you know. You're sponsored by A Stars, you know. It's your team poster, you know. You need to you need to really like show them, you know. And I want to make sure my work shows well too. So I was like, hey, can you please just you know put on a new set of boots, and you know we can go get you know a couple shots real quick and. Uh, he basically turned around and told me, he's like, I'm, I'm not going to wear dirty, like, I'm not going to wear new boots because I'm trying to prove a point with the team manager to show them that they can't push me around. So you get me how you get me, basically. And uh, it was at that moment I was just like, dude, like, this this whole shoot is just a wash. So I remember editing the pictures, dude, and I was getting rid of so much dust, so many writers in the background. Like, I had never opened up Photoshop so many times for, for a photo, and, and who knows how long at that time, but... I remember messaging the team and I was like, Hey dude, like, you know, if you need me to go back and shoot more, like I will, like this is what happened. Uh, basically threw him under the bus. I was like, dude, this was like, I was there. I was there on time. I was ready to go. Did not cooperate. Uh, the team was, was super cool. They said, okay, yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll reschedule again. And, um, me and Ryder X ended up meeting up again and, uh, he actually apologized and, uh, which was good as, um, you really don't get that much, but, uh, it uh, it was definitely frustrating. It was for sure frustrating, and I was so new in my career too. So, 
like every big shoot opportunity I had, I wanted to make sure that I, I performed, I gave the best of my ability. So, you know, as you can imagine in those moments, they were pretty, pretty dark times <laughs> for sure. But, um, I've seen Ryder X since then and, uh, Ryder X and I have been totally cool and, and just kind of forgot about the, uh, the whole situation altogether. So I guess that's uh, that's a good thing for sure. Oh, that's awesome, man. I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad that you guys uh, kind of water under the bridge. And um, yeah, honestly, Especially like sometimes so small, dude. Just a uh, small industry. Like way I, too I just small. Don't want anyone? Yeah, like nobody can be mad at each other. Like it's it's too small in order to have unnecessary beef. You know, you just got You got to clear the air as soon as you can. Absolutely. And the funny thing is, is that like the little beefs that do exist, they go around like wildfire because it's such a small knit group. Like if someone's angry at Mathis or myself or Anton or, uh, or, or swap, like every, everyone yeah. finds out about it because like that people pull advertising or people like, you know, you know, like, oh, why yeah. isn't they using that company? Oh, that's because they don't get along. Cool. Uh, yeah, literally. Yeah, so it's interesting to find who who is your uh, uh, let's talk uh, um, fellow photographers before I let you go here yeah. on the Big MX Radio podcast brought to you by Medterra CBD discount code Big MX Radio twenty safety twenty percent as well as Black Friday sales going on for Phoenix handlebars. Um, who is your uh, like who, who's part of your like little cohort of of, of people you're going to talk to in the photo den? All of you guys with your your laptops and it, it, like sometimes you can hear a pin drop because no one's cool with each other and then everyone <laughs> yeah. and then uh, Richard jumps in there and then like oh, I don't his last name is um, Shepard Richard Shepard goes in there and then gets everybody talking and stuff like that but until then it's usually quite quiet or uh, Kristen Slack well she used to be in there but the, like she'd get people talking <laughs> as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, give me a little bit of the uh, the experience, if you will, of uh, going inside a quiet photo den and getting your work done. It's honestly, it, it's definitely a a weird feeling, and oftentimes um, it can be uncomfortable sometimes for sure, just because I, I don't do well when it's like dead quiet sometimes. But I've learned to just put my headphones in and, and just kind of do my thing. Um, obviously, through Moto, I've met so many so many good photographers so many just good genuine people uh bob lannon and his brother abel uh, with moto playground um, yes. i love those love those guys they're brothers and I've uh, had bob on the they honestly kind of remind me yeah they remind me a lot of uh, my brother and me because um, we will always shoot together and, and go do stuff and and whatnot uh love rich shepherd dude he works closely with uh with cuddy um with align media as well as mike emery i love mike emery um I also love Brian Swanberg and Garth Milan. Obviously, those dudes are, um, are are definitely all the best. Like they um, they run the moto industry for sure, as far as clients go. And um, Occupy Media and Align Media, they um, they basically shoot for like a lot of the teams, a lot of the, uh, the the product guys, which is ultimately the the goal. You know, I would I would love to be one of those guys and, and one of those guys that um, that really shows up to the race with, with a purpose. And I I want to be on that schedule. I want to be on that grind and. I've told Simon I want to be on that grind and dude, throw me in. I, I want to do it. I want to be there. I've reached out to pretty much every every company in the industry uh, for for sure to get that opportunity to be just like them all because I I love the experiences and being in a photo den. Like I said, it's it's awkward at times and it's quiet, especially if you know you know there's beef going on or whatever between between people or, or something's just something was said or or whatever something happened. But 
at the end of the day, we're all just there to do our work and we're all just there to, uh, to, to do the job. Um, it is funny though, to see, um, come podium time, you know, everybody, everybody starts throwing shoulders to, to get the shot. And I know, a lot of times there's a lot of team PR, a lot of family members, a lot of VIP members will come down after the podium. And a lot of times it's, it's impossible to, to get that final shot. So I just kind of stand back depending on uh, like how important my job is there. Like obviously last year I was there with, uh, with dirt rider, uh, second shooting to Brown dog Wilson. So um, my photos weren't really primarily like I wasn't like the primary guy. So I didn't have to get the shot, but um, you know, so I'd stand back a little bit, maybe get a far away shot, you know, just for myself, show some people in it or, or whatever, but just standing back, you know, you see everybody throwing shoulders, trying to get that, that final shot. And like I said, dude, it's, it's a tough industry. It's, it's dog eat dog for sure. And, um, you know, there's a lot of, you know, undercutting going on. A lot of people will try to find that open opportunity, um, in order to, to further themselves. I, you know, had the mistake at Loretta, same thing happened to me. Um, so I know firsthand, you know, what I, what I hear about, but, uh, it's, it's definitely tough. And as long as you just keep to yourself, as long as you, uh, present yourself well, keep a good head on your shoulders, you're confident, you're there to do the job and you're not an idiot running out on the track, making things, you know, frustrating for the, uh, for the Feld track crew and, uh, Sean Brennan, the guy who, uh, keeps, keeps the Feld, Feld the gatekeeper running, shout out to him. Yeah. Yeah. He keeps us all safe and, and everything you'll, you'll pretty much have a good night at Supercross Live. Love it, man. And even gets a shout out for uh, Supercross Live. If Sean listens to this episode, he might uh, have a. Uh, he'll be sitting in his office, uh, giggling to himself, and in, in that, in the way that only Sean Brennan can. Usually, when he's <laughs> laughing about not being able to give me my press credential. Um, I love Sean Brennan, dude. Love him, love him. I remember I saw a post from him on. Uh, I think it was it was this year in Oakland, and at the time I had just gotten into like this. Uh, this like old school rock phase, you know, so I was yeah. listening to like Motley Crue, like Death Leopard, ACDC. That's like, up I just his was, like, alley. Obsessed with all of them for a while. A little late for sure for me, but I was listening to him and he posted uh, like some little history fact about Motley Crue, how they performed in like the, in the, the Oakland Coliseum um, or whatever. And this year I remember going there thinking like, dude, that's actually sick. Like this arena like held a Motley Crue concert. Like, so it kind of, he kind of gave me a little bit of history there for sure. And, uh, kind of made me uh, geek out a tiny bit. No kidding. And uh, he's actually got a ton of uh like he the guy knows motocross. Obviously he he works for Feld, but I, you get him talking about music and, and album oh, construction. Sure. That like if you want to talk anything uh with with Sean, it's usually music. He is he's a absolute uh uh he's a uh encyclopedia of, of musical knowledge. I, I think I know have a lot of useless uh, musical knowledge. That guy, he just, he, he has an absolute, uh, it seems like the, the well just never get to the bottom of it with him. But um, let, let's, yeah. let's talk about one particular guy. And this is a guy I like, like he was, he was nice enough to loan me a camera body to have me eventually. And this is like, I have to thank, brown dog for introducing us because he gave me a camera body that i couldn't operate so that i could talk to you about it uh brown dog yeah. wilson a guy who didn't know me from adam literally i don't think he knew me he'd probably seen me at like three outdoor nationals and one supercross prior to this and then handed me what's that camera body worth like at minimum two thousand uh, dollars uh minimum yeah minimum yeah. for sure yeah, and here, not here you go the, kid. the repair fees if anything happens to it, it's, you know, through the roof. And then you got the lens on top of that, 
Oh yeah, it's, he gives me his six hundred his six hundred mil lens. That gigantic he, he calls his big oh, big yeah. sexy six hundred mil lens. Oh yeah, go yeah. go shoot go shoot Thunder Valley with that. Thing. Okay, thanks, Brown Dog. <laughs> yeah, he told me that he got that lens uh, from uh, from from a buddy who worked at a police station or something. They confiscated it from someone, and it's basically on loan to him. It's been on loan to him, I think for. Forever, like forever five, and four days, six years, yeah. whatever. I think he just had to give it back. Yeah, just recently, I, I heard. <laughs> That's hilarious. That thing was a monster. That thing's stupid big. T- tell me about your your run-ins with one uh, Brown Dog Wilson. Man, Brown Dog's uh, Brown Dog's an awesome dude. He's uh, he's funny for sure. He always gets me laughing. And uh, what's cool is that he's, he's one of the legends. Like I told you, he's uh, one of the the pioneers. I feel like of photography in the in the motocross industry. You know, so. Uh, so his unique style has been around for forever. Um, I know for sure he shoots a lot of the uh, the Monster Girls, which uh, you know that's, that's pretty much how I know him a lot uh, growing up. Is that he uh, he shot a lot of like, the I've model never noticed and, that he likes stuff. to take pictures of the Monster Girls. I've, I've never... <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does that and whatnot, and he's cool. Like I said, I worked with him uh, Dirt Rider uh, last year, so um, we uh, we would send stuff back and forth and to send to Andrew Oldar, the editor over there. And I also worked with him uh, when I worked at MXA. So um, I was at MXA for about a year, um, I think, for sure. I was their, their photo guy and whatnot. And a lot of the races I, I couldn't go to, Brown Dog would, uh, would shoot for us. So okay. he would send me photos during the day, and I would uh, uh, do what Josh Moseman does now, uh, where he would do, like, the, um, the race reports and stuff, like, as the race is happening. So Interesting. Uh, Brown Dog would always come in, come in clutch with the photos when I needed them, and and made it happen, dude. It, it's crazy. I've had a lot of just random, random little jobs in, in the industry that I feel like have added um, some skill sets to my tool, to my tool belt. You know that I've been able to to use in different jobs, just various things, just everywhere, which is just super random. And it's just one of those things that's like it just kind of happens. You really don't ask for it. It's just kind of, oh hey, now I know how to do you know written articles on WordPress, or you know, now I know how to shoot video, or now I know how to interview a rider right after a race, or. You know, whatever. It's just it's super funny, but uh, but yeah. Back to the question. Brown Dog's a good dude. Um, been around forever, and uh, hopefully continues to to keep staying around. Oh, he's awesome. I I have nothing but time for Brown Dog Wilson. I need to nail him down and and do one of these with him one day. Cause like, if I could just bottle the conversations that I have with him at the tent at a national, like, it would break the internet with all the hilarious yeah. things that he says. <laughs> like, oh yeah. Dude, and I have him on Facebook too, so I'll just I'll read his posts, and I, I always just get a good laughter, or, or I'll agree with them, or, or something, and and whatnot. But yeah, nothing but love, and like I said, a lot of the guys are are genuinely cool to me. Like I, I love Garth Mylands, Brian Swanberg are always super rad. Um, I've worked with them a little bit as well. Um, Mike Emery, Rich Shepard, um, Bob and his bro. Um, trying to think who else. Um, I don't. James Lismore. I I keep meaning to meet him, but I honestly can't pin him down to save my life I, I don't even know what he looks like he's one of your uh he's a canadian and, and a he also yeah. goes under the uh he's in the category of of people who uh i cannot search on instagram yeah <laughs> yeah he's good though great photographer I know great photographer for, uh, for, yeah a lot of the stuff out there he's absolutely talented i i would be lying if i said i haven't uh, screenshotted a lot of his photos to to try to study and and to try to get a, a similar look to, to uh, a, maybe a certain project I, I have or whatever. 
Oh, absolutely. You know what? I have nothing but respect for James. James goes to all of the Canadian races, which I find incredibly difficult to um, make financially viable. He's found a way to do so. He's basically carved out a, a whole niche, and, and he just he's blanketed the Canadian market. He does a fantastic job. Yeah. I doubt he's listening, and if he is, I'm sorry that I posted one of your photos from 2017 Anaheim One <laughs> without tagging you, and then before I knew it, I was already blocked, and I never talked to you since. Damn, you got to get that photo cred, bro. Got to get that photo. One cred. time, literally, it was one and done. I never, <laughs> I, I, I literally. Someone commented that like I think that's a listen more photo, and I'm like I don't even know who that is, because I couldn't I couldn't look him up, and it's because yeah. I was blocked. Um, but I learned like I, I I give a lot more cred than I than I used to. As if I know what it is, I'll give cred absolutely. If if someone's gonna po- post a, a photo of mine, yeah. I'd like to have uh, credit or something like yeah. that. But uh, say, yeah, listen more is awesome. I used to like it. In your defense, I do feel like it's it's kind of petty to to block someone over over that. But just send me um, a I mean, DM. If, I mean, if you, yeah, you hey, know what I mean. Here's like... my photo. You know, please tag me or whatever. I mean, I, I usually don't block unless I absolutely have. Hey, can to, we get a, like a, like, a, a know, blanketed three strikes you're out thing going on where <laughs> where I don't get yeah. blocked before I know it? I don't think I have any riders. Yeah, for real. That's the moto industry, man. You, you, you'll come to find as well, and, and you've been around. You know, you know it. Like I said, dude, it's just a small world. Everybody knows each other, and it's just you have to keep your head high and just make sure everybody's everybody's keeping your name out of their mouth in in, in a bad way. Yes, absolutely. You have to have people saying good things about you to uh, just spread the word and uh, and just have uh, like. Like rumors and and news flies around the industry pretty quick, so you want that stuff that's said to be uh, good things and said about you. And I can't think of a single bad thing that I've ever heard about one Spencer Owens, and and that's why you're on the podcast right now, my friend. That's why we did a, a, an hour and eleven minutes here. Thank you, dog. I, I really appreciate it, and thank you so much again for uh, having me on. I really appreciate your kind words and uh, even even giving me the time. So it's been uh, it's been super fun. Oh, it's been awesome. I'm sorry that we were ships passing in the night last Friday. Uh, I think we both kind of forgot about each other a little bit, or maybe that was completely yeah. my fault. But I mean, I was waiting. I was waiting for your DM for sure, but I was ready to go. I've been, I've been jumping at this <sighs> bit, man. I've been ready. That's that's on me then. Uh, I, I'll fully cop to that. Um, like a busy schedule plus just the weirdness of no schedule with COVID. If you know it, like like we're we're on almost oh, full yeah. lockdown, so we're like in my apartment and then like I'm doing nothing and I'm like, Oh, I should be doing something, but I can't think of what it is. And and meanwhile, 2000 miles away, <laughs> yeah. uh, Spencer Owens is sitting next to his phone, just kind of waiting and patiently being getting progressively more sad. Um, but no. <laughs> the, the beauty of this conversation is there needs to be a, a second one. Cause I have about 50 other questions for you slash stories. I want to pull out of you that, would end up being uh, a three hour long podcast that not even my mother would listen to. Um, so the, the good news is I get to call you up again. Um, 
But uh, dude, this has been so much fun. Like uh, to see hear the passion that you have for the sport of motocross and just how much you love it uh, is really encouraging. And uh, you, you you tell a great story. Um, like you, you give me lots of time. You, you you give me those nice long answers, which gives me time to like kind of scroll through your personal Instagram so I can find some photos to include for uh, a little bit of a video that I'll put out uh, tomorrow to uh, to promote the pod. But uh, yeah, this has been awesome, dude. I really appreciate it. Dude, thank you again. And I am absolutely down for a second podcast for sure. This stuff is awesome. And I feel like podcasts are, are the new wave. You know, social media is um, is ever-changing. And I know that I'm the kind of person that uh, would rather listen to a podcast than uh, listen to, to just nonsense music on a, on a long drive for sure. So uh, hopefully if you're listening, you know, and you're a photographer, you know, hopefully it inspires you to get out there and, and uh, shoot some photos and shoot for your dreams. And, uh, yeah, dude, thank you so much again. I really appreciate it. Some inspiring words from an inspiring photographer down in SoCal. Spencer, it's been a pleasure to have you on the podcast, my friend. Thank you so much for making time for us tonight. Do not hang up just yet, but for podcast sake, we're going to cut it off right there. Well, there you have it. My conversation and podcast with none other than Spencer Owens. We could have gone on for another two hours easily. I don't know if you guys would have listened to that, but uh, at some point you're going to have to because he's going to be a repeat offender. He'll be on the podcast again uh, just to kind of uncover some cool stories. Uh, there's a ton of um, things that come out from from photographers. Like they're, they're literally the flies on the wall when it comes to the sport because uh, they're so necessary to capture it. Uh, and often uh, things are said in front of them, around them that uh, probably they shouldn't hear. Uh, but they're also pretty good about keeping it under their hat. Uh, so uh, hopefully you guys like that uh, story about Ryder X. Can't uh, never did get uh, out of uh, Spencer who it was even off the air. So uh, you guys enjoy, and uh, we'll chat again soon. Thanks for thanks for listening.